Hi everyone, welcome back to Sweet Serenities. My name's Tatum or Tate, you can call me either or. Um, hi guys, welcome back to another episode. Um, this week has been slightly hectic. I don't want to say it's one of my most hectic weeks because it definitely isn't. Um, I think it's been more mentally hectic than physically hectic. I just have a lot going on and finals are coming up and it's the end of golf season and I'm also trying to find a job at the same time. So there's a lot going on, but that's okay. I can definitely handle it. Um, today I'm recording this episode in my hanging chair, which I've had for a few months now, but I actually don't sit in it very often. So maybe that's my goal for next week is to try and sit in it and read every night because it's actually really peaceful and I really, really like it. And I have a, my favorite cup, which my girlfriend's mom gave me. It literally just says happy on it. And then the other side has a sunflower. And I have my sleepy time tea in it. It's my favorite cup. And so that's what I've got next to me. So if you're me slurping at any point, that's what it is. Um, so today's episode, I want to talk about healing your inner child and shadow work. Now, I don't think that this topic can be fully in-depth like have a full in-depth conversation about it in only one episode there's no way just because there's so much to talk about um I've written down everything that came to mind whenever I was doing my research about it and everything that I was thinking about and so that's what I have written down in my journal today obviously I'm going to do more reflection along the way and as more episodes come along and so if I find more things that I want to talk about with this topic I'll just do a part two to this episode and then we can just keep on discussing it so actually before I decided what topic I wanted to do for today's episode I actually I heard about shadow work but I had never known exactly what it was but I was actually doing it all along without realizing it which is I think pretty cool So, technically shadow work is, let's first address what your shadow actually is. So your shadow self is composed of the parts of yourself that you reject. So like the parts of your personality that, you know, you try and push back and say that aren't real and you don't have those things because you try, you don't want to really accept those parts of yourself, which is totally normal. We all have shadow selves. Um... So we reject these parts of our personalities because of our childhood. I I read this on one of the articles I was doing my research on. And I 100% agree with this statement. But I also think it's the aspect of our personalities along our life that we don't, that we like, that we want to reject. Because I do think it's 100% our childhood. But it's also you going throughout your life and learning new things. And so I do believe that the main stem is your childhood, but those things also grow. Um, So shadow work can also be considered self-reflection or self-examination. Now this is where I realized that I had been doing this for a pretty long time without knowing exactly what shadow work was. Um, In my spiritual journey, I've heard the term shadow work quite a lot actually, but for some reason I never went on Google and like learned what it was. Um, but I have been doing self-reflection for a very long time. I would honestly say my entire life. I think I've been a very spiritual person from a, from a very young age and I just never recognized it until the past three or four or five years. Um, 
And so I've been doing self-reflection for a very long time. And so along with that, I've been doing shadow work for a very long time without really knowing what that means. Um, I want to talk about the parts of my shadow self because I, I genuinely enjoy being emotionally vulnerable with you guys. And so I'm going to put these things out there and I'm going to explain a few things about it just to see if any of you guys, you know, maybe find that in your, in your shadow self as well. And maybe you have different parts of your shadow self and that's, that's totally awesome. I mean, I don't think it's awesome. That's like childhood trauma, but, um, it's awesome that you have the ability to identify that in yourself. So one of the biggest parts of my shadow self is that I shut down in hard situations. Um, if an argument between me and another person happens, my first instinct is to usually go quiet or to walk away um, or just act like nothing happened. I think I, and never mind, let me take that back. I don't think I know that I do this um, because when I was younger, my family would get in fights or I would get in a fight with someone or I'd get in a fight with my parent or something and if I were to try and explain myself, I would be told that I was quote-unquote talking back, which I do think talking back is a thing. I think we as kids have a lot of sass in us, but there's a difference between talking back and communicating how you're feeling and your perspective on the situation. And so I was told that I was talking back, and so over the years, I just learned that if I shut up, (laughs) I can't get told that I'm talking back and I can't get in trouble. And so my first reaction in every situation now is to shut down and not speak. And I'm fully aware of that. I know that I do it. And I've been trying really hard the past few months to not do that anymore because I know that it has such a harsh impact on my ability to communicate with other people. Um, I also know that I over-explain myself in some really simple situations. <laughs> um, my girlfriend can get really annoyed with me sometimes. I don't want to say really. She can get kind of annoyed with me sometimes if I over explain such a common thing and I do this because also when I was growing up my (laughs) my mom has a tendency to think that I'm lying which I'm not (laughs) but it's okay um she has a tendency to like be like oh you're lying I'm like no I'm not and so I over explain myself in a lot of situations that way that person doesn't think I'm lying about something even in a situation where I have no like Like, there's no reason to lie, or there's no situation to even have a lie in, you know? Like, a story? Like, why would there be a lie in a story? But it's fine. Um, I also have a tendency to assume that everyone is going to leave me, which, when saying it out loud, sounds really depressing, I'm aware. Um, This, I know for a fact, (laughs) stems from my relationship with one of my sisters. Um which I won't get into just because I haven't fully processed that, so I'm not going to get into that, but I know for a fact that that partially stems from my relationship with one of my sisters. I also overanalyze small things. I'm not 100% sure why I do this. Um, I know that I overanalyze my emotions and try and put a label on emotions or like situations when they don't really need one sometimes I just have a hard day or sometimes I just need to cry and there doesn't need to be a reason for those kinds of things and so I overanalyze it and I try and slap a label on there and why I do it um but I also overanalyze the emotions of people around me or the situations around me or little details around me 
Um, if you don't know this about me, I space out a ton. It happens <laughs> at least like 20 times a day. I don't exactly know why. I think it might be because I have a tendency to get overstimulated, which I think I get overstimulated because I'm overanalyzing every little detail around me. Yeah, that was a, a whole thing. But I also get really overstimulated with people, and I'm a very social person. I can talk to a lot of people super easily. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't overstimulate me. Because while I can talk to those people, the second I'm out of that room and away from those people, I'm like really anxious and I need to be on my own and put my headphones in and just listen to my comfort song and just step away from everything because I can get I can get super anxious super easily. Um, I also do, I haven't, I've actually been working a lot on this next point because I knew it was rooted pretty deeply in me. Um, when I was growing up, I was always told that I was really, really lazy. Like I didn't do the work I was supposed to do, or I'm not a hardworking person, or I take shortcuts. And so I used to, I still do it sometimes, um, work myself overwork myself so that I can really prove that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and so I would work myself to the bone and then I would just be exhausted and I would totally burn out and it would be the worst mental state for weeks on end for me and I've gotten a lot more gracious about this with myself I give myself a lot more grace um I definitely let myself sleep more when I need it I let myself take rest days and I think it also has kind of pushed into an extent where I'm not working hard enough anymore <laughs> because I'll push off some work. I'll, I'm actually quite a bit of work because I'm like, oh, you deserve to have this time to treat yourself or to take care of yourself. I've become a self-care fiend. <laughs> I put self-care above literally everything, above everyone in my life, above school, work, other things like everything and put self-care above all of it and so if self-care is me laying in bed and ignoring everyone and not doing my homework I'm gonna do it and so I think me going from being such a hard worker that I'm overworking myself has turned into me taking so much time for myself that I'm no longer doing the work I need to be doing <laughs> which is a whole nother thing um and the last thing I have written down here, which I'm sure there are so many other parts of my shadow self that I'm either currently not aware of or I just forgot about, either or, um, is always trying to be perfect. <laughs> I am very much a perfectionist in a lot of ways of my life, but I also have, I also have um, joy for chaos. I think chaos can be kind of fun sometimes, but only in a controlled setting, which is then again my controlling perfectionist side. Um, so perfectionism can really, really affect me. So let's use a today example. Um, today my family and I, in our backyard, we were laying down dirt and sod because we have lived in this house for three years, but guess what? We've never had grass in our backyard. Like it's just dirt. <laughs> so today we laid down grass and we have... Our backyard is square, but we have rocks around the edges of our yards by the fence, if you know what I'm talking about. And then we have like these metal little bitty separators between the rocks and the normal dirt on the ground. 
and so that makes our yard really like it makes there to be like round sections of our yard and so we had to cut the grass to get it to fit in areas which is totally normal like a lot of yards I'm pretty much I mean I'm not a grass expert obviously this is my first day ever laying grass my entire life but I'm pretty sure that many yards you have to cut the grass because there's no way that those slabs of grass perfectly fit people's yards like god there's no way but so we had to cut them and it doesn't have to be perfect obviously because grass grows out it's going to grow into each other but I would sit there and I'd be cutting these slabs of grass and if they weren't perfect I'd get really upset not like extremely upset or pissed off or anything but I'd just be like dang it like that should be perfect it really annoys me that it's not perfect um which I also think maybe like a tendency of some kind of OCD because that is shown a lot in my life as well um I can get really upset if my hair doesn't look perfect like if I have hairs out of place it really pisses me off and not on like rainy days because I fully understand that and I can't control that but um some days I hyper focus on like my hair or my jewelry being perfect or Campbell's steering wheel I really hyper fixate on that being straight like the name of the of the car being straight on her steering wheel that really irks me in some kind of way and so like perfectionism can it's one of my bigger things in my shadow self I, I really believe that okay so now we've taken a long time to address the shadow self of my myself um And I urge you to take the time to reflect on your shadow self and those parts of you. And so that leads me into how do you do shadow work? Now, this was something really difficult for me to research because I don't, I did see an article that said six perfect steps to, to like release your shadow self or something, which I opened it and I was like, this is total BS. There's no way in heck that six steps is going to fully fix my inner child and just release all those emotions. There's no way. But I did write down some things that I either researched or I currently do that I think help shadow work or releasing those inner child traumas. So my top thing is therapy. (laughs) Uh, I'm a big advocate for therapy like we know. Even once a month, I haven't gone in a while, but um, when I did go, like frequently, I like to do. I would like to do it once a week, but then I would end up doing it every two weeks, just for scheduling things. And so I think that's insanely helpful because a lot of therapists um, are trained. Actually, I don't know if I want to say a lot. I don't really know the statistics on that. My therapist personally is um, trained in child work and releasing childhood trauma. And so that really helps for me because I know that she's working through my shadow self. I know she's doing it without me having to recognize that in the moment. And so it makes it easier to work through those things without um, realizing in the moment exactly what she's doing. Just letting her work and letting me flow with that, which is really nice. So maybe finding a therapist who works in shadow work or healing inner child, that really helps a lot. Um next thing I have is childhood reflection I spend I want to say honestly quite a few of my journal times talking about my childhood and um I don't really remember a lot of my childhood so I don't really talk about specific memories but I do remember some things 
But I do remember my emotions throughout my childhood. That's the one thing I do frequently remember. I have a really bad memory in every sense of the word, but the one thing I do remember is my emotions throughout every stage of my life. And so when going through my childhood and reflecting on my childhood, I talk about my emotions and the things I felt and maybe why I felt those and how I think those emotions affect me as a person today. Um, another thing I have is to meditate and observe your triggers. I don't necessarily know if I would frequently use the word triggers. I don't currently use that word in my day-to-day life just because I don't know. I don't really resonate with that word, honestly, in my journey. I think trigger isn't something I would ever call my emotions. I don't want to say that anything else ever triggers my emotions. I want to say that my emotions are a reaction to those things. Just I just don't know why. I feel like trigger can be an unhealthy word for my personal journey, but if that works for your journey, then that's totally okay and you should use it as you want. Um, but I had it as meditate to observe your trigger because that's what I was researching. Um, I do like to meditate and just kind of sit with my thoughts. It can be difficult because I think a lot and so those thoughts, I have to let them pass through. Um, I want to say more that I don't really meditate with my to observe my triggers, but I just kind of sit and think to observe those things. I like to sit alone in my bed or on the floor and just stare at the wall and think, <laughs> which I feel like can be a really existential, is that the right word? I don't know. It can be a really odd thing to do, but I thoroughly enjoy it just sitting there maybe with some background music and just staring at the wall and thinking about random things and letting each thought drag me into another thought sequence it's really fun for me and it really allows me to get to know myself better and the things that I think so sitting there and thinking with yourself is one of my biggest things when it comes to shadow work I feel like a lot of us don't spend enough time with ourselves and really know who we are at the like the true depth of our being I know myself, I think, pretty well, but I also know that there's probably so much about myself that I have not recognized, and I think so many of us can relate to that, and so I think sitting with yourself is my number one thing when it comes to shadow work or healing your inner child. Sit with yourself and ask yourself questions about your childhood and have a conversation with yourself about your feelings and the trauma you've gone through and how that's affected your life. Um, Another thing I have is shadow work prompt journaling. I would say that's about the same thing as sitting with yourself and talking, but I also think that writing it out allows your brain to think in a different way than just talking to yourself. Um, Maybe I'm wrong about that. That might just be my own personal feelings. But I think journaling can also give you a different perspective than just sitting and talking to yourself. If you don't want to journal, I would say the next best thing is sitting and talking to yourself. Uh, I wrote down a few prompts that I saw while I was doing my research. Um, you could journal about anyone who you hold a grudge against um, or what your triggers are. And also, are you happy with this stage of your life that you're in? I know that that last one I have journaled about frequently because I like to assess, I guess, <laughs> um, my life pretty much on a monthly basis and say if I like the different stages of my life, so like school, work, friends, relationships, my personal mental health, 
um, the growth that I'm having on this podcast. You know, I like to assess those things on a monthly basis. And so addressing where I am in my life and if I'm happy with it is a really big journal prompt for me. The next thing I have is to feel your pain, which (laughs) is pretty difficult to do. I think for me sometimes, because like I said, I like to shut down. I don't want to say I like to, I just have a tendency to shut down in hard moments. And so along with that shutting down, I choose to not address my emotions and act like they are not there. I pretty much put up a giant wall. Like I was talking about my last episode, the giant brick wall. And so I put up a giant wall and I'm like, those emotions don't exist. You actually have no emotions right now, Tatum. (laughs) Which is insanely unhealthy in those moments. But I know that feeling my pain is the best thing I can do for myself. You have to let it flow through you so then you can address why it was there and the impact that it has on you as a person and your soul. And so... I really do just like to feel my pain. I think it's one of the best things that I've learned how to do in these past few years is allowing myself to feel those emotions. And just, you don't need to put a label on it right away. You don't need to say, this happened because of this, or I'm feeling this because of this moment in my life. You don't have to do that. If you want to do that, that's totally okay. If you are fully self-aware and know why you're feeling that, good for you. Like, that's great. But if you don't know why, you're allowed to just have those emotions without knowing why. And so if that's your reason for not feeling your emotions because you don't know why you're having them, you need to do some self-reflection and find find the common ground that you're allowed to have emotions without having a reason. The last thing that I have written down is that everything is related. Um, I say this to myself a lot because I'm just a giant believer that everything happens for a reason and that we're all connected on a universal level and we all have soul ties to one another and that we are the universe. Like my being is is a little bitty like sand particle of the universe and I think that's amazing. And so everything is related. Your emotions are related to other people's, your traumas relate to the emotions you have, the ways that you treat yourself relate to the ways that you treat others. So if you're if you're the kind of person who maybe is like the therapist of your friend group, which I think is a really dumb stereotype, but it is a stereotype that I'm well aware of. If you are that person, I think you cannot be there for the people that you love and the people you care for until you take the time for yourself to recognize who you are as a person, the feelings you had growing up, how that relates to the emotional processes you have now as a person. And so if you want to help those people, you have to help yourself first. If you want to be this amazing person who is emotionally stable, has great um, habits set up in their life, and they have routines you have to address the root problem. And I don't know if I would use problem as the main word, but the root in general. You have to start from the base and you have to work up. And so I think releasing your your childhood trauma is the best thing you can do for yourself at, in your growth journey. Because once you understand that part of yourself, then you can start building. And you can start understanding your current self and the future self that you want to have. This episode definitely didn't cover everything there is to know about 
shadow work and healing your inner child. I'm sure there's going to be more episodes about it. Um, Healing your inner child is something I like to think about a lot. It's one of my favorite things to talk about with myself. My childhood is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about and a lot of time addressing with my therapist and a lot of time journaling about. And I think that you should take the time to address that part of yourself as well. I'm so incredibly grateful for you guys who listen to this podcast. I by no means have a huge amount of listeners, but for all of you who do listen, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for showing up. It really means the world to me. This podcast is one of my favorite things and it brightens my week every single Sunday. Um, I love you all so much. Thank you for showing up. I hope you're having a great evening, night, morning, whenever you're listening to this. And I hope everyone's next week is awesome. If you have final seasons coming up, kick butt. You're going to do great. I love you guys. Bye, guys.